Well, hello again, everyone. This is Al with Shelters by Jesus Radio. I'm here with Seth, my co-host. Hi, Seth. Hello, Al. Good morning. And we have back Pastor Steve Newt. This is N-U-T-E, right? Not the... Not the lizard. Not the salamander. You believe in creation. That's right. And so welcome back, Pastor. And thank you for joining us. Make us part of your day and stay tuned. Amen. Well, we've had two good episodes uh, with uh, Pastor Steve from Neely's Corner Church. It's been a real blessing to listen to him. I'm encouraged. I know you probably are too, Seth. Oh, so much. You know, folks, I got a confession to make. Sometimes when I ask the questions like, hey, if one of our listeners feels this way or that way, it's actually me I'm asking for. I'm one of the listeners. And I just praise the Lord that he puts the right people in the right place to answer the questions. At the right time. Pastor New, thank you. One of my beliefs is that the pastor should be the chief confessor. And if people think I've got it all together, then they are wrong. And unfortunately, we'll look around the church at someone and say, boy, I wish I had it like they've got it. No, they're sitting over there wishing because we all put on our little funny faces and we look so happy and we're all broken. You know, we're all broken, but Jesus likes to put us back together again. I got to share a little funny anecdote with you. Um, when I was younger, you know, I always felt the call to share the gospel. And I remember looking up at pastors going, oh, I can't wait, man. One day, I hope I I, I live like them. They're always happy. They don't have sin anymore. You know, everything always goes so good for them. And oh, Lord, that'd be so great. And then I get older and I start to meet pastors and talk with them. And I find out, wow, they still struggle. They still have all of these, and they've taken on the extra responsibility of God's people. It really opened my eyes, and it even opened up my eyes more when I got to know Pastor Spencer and Pastor Barry and other people who, these are these are men who still struggle with problems, but they've just chosen to serve the Lord. Yeah, that's the thing. The Apostle Paul, Peter, all of those guys were strugglers. Look at Peter and Paul having a little bit of, of a difficulty between one another. They're human people. We forget that. We read the stories, and all we ride is the top of the waves and say, wow. Oh, yeah. But we look at them and they're human. They struggle, they stumble, they fell. And they all had one thing in common at the end of the day. They were brothers and sisters in Christ because they loved Jesus and he loved them. That's mm. for sure. I mean, sure. when when Paul said he is the chiefest of sinners, mm. when he says, I, I do the things I shouldn't do and I, I don't do the things I should do, he wasn't just saying that to make us feel better. I think, he, I believe he was confessing mm. himself, his flaws. You know, folks, don't worship Paul. You and I talked about this, you know, like Paul planted the seed and um, Apollos watered it. But it is God who causes it to grow. And so Paul yeah. wanted to point he gets that out. the harvest. Yes. He does. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm thankful that God looks at the fertilizer of my life and does something with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I know I've come to that more and more in later years, but a number of years ago, a family came to our church and the, the husband came and his wife didn't really care that much for church because she'd been burnt before, but she came. And the first Sunday there, I happened to be preaching. I said, oh, by the way, I'm preaching on this this morning, but it's something I still struggle with. So just so you know, I'm talking to myself as well as you, because you know me, I'm a great sinner, but God's a great Savior. She hasn't missed a Sunday since. No, praise the Lord. Because she said, oh, well, maybe I don't have to feel like I'm the worm and you're the ele- elevated one. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Well, one of the purposes of this podcast that Al and I discussed was we want to share what God is doing in all these churches. If you could share with us, what are some of the things that Neely's Corner Church does for its community and beyond? Okay, let me see. We have uh, in our corner a food cupboard, Mother Hubbard's cupboard. It used to be called, but it's there. And we have three different local food 
pantries that we share with, and people bring it in all the time. Every quarter, it's full, and we're good for that. So what, what are your hours if somebody needed to go to the... And uh, usually, they go to the local food cupboards. Okay. So we don't actually... We will. If they, somebody needs it, somebody will give us a call. But you're a pipeline. It were a pipeline. Yeah. Oh, praise God. But we also are blessed. We have a, a benevolent fund, and somebody will call and say, so-and-so needs oil. I'll call their oil company, say, would you deliver 100 gallons of oil? Now, all, they are, all I write down, I keep track of who it is, and then I give a case number. I call my treasurer and say, hey, this is case number, blah, 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 made out to this oil company. So she doesn't even know where it went. And it doesn't matter if they're from our church or not, mm. nor do they always know where it came from, because that's not we're not— trying to advertise we're trying to help and so i've been really blessed by people that have given to that fund and it's like oil of electric bills on from time to time and other things and uh this year i got to play santa claus for a little kid his mom had died in july he was six mm. and uh they they don't know where this came from because i showed up because i had a mask i had to wear in their house and it's a santa claus mask looks just like him and i uh showed up and the dad and and the little boy they have no clue where it came from they just know that somebody came into the house with presents i put it out on one monday and the following monday Monday, I delivered everything this little kid wanted. Hmm. It's just because the people in the church are so generous, you know, it's kind of, a, that's so that's a big heartbeat. I have people that come in of all different walks of life and they're greeted at the door. I remember one kid a number of years ago came in and he was definitely goth. I mean, definitely dressed in black and his hair was just as could be. He walked in and I went, oh, thank God, someone else who dresses in black because I had my leather on, you know, I was riding with the sons at the time. Shook his hand off, we went. He came Sunday after Sunday and when he moved away, he stood up and gave a testimony. He said, I just started coming here. And he said, and from the first day, you didn't judge me for mm. what I looked like, but you accepted me for who I was. And I, the people Praise do the that Lord. very well. And uh, and I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I just, I know I'm a sinner and God loves me. Uh, there's nobody that's outside of the pale. Of that. Well, I'll say that you guys have been huge supporters of us here at the shelter. Uh, you do a lot of things for us. And, you know, you're not one to toot your own horn, but sometimes we want to share what God does and we want to give him the glory. So you guys have supported us financially. Yeah. You guys have supported us with food. Uh, you guys have supported us with workers. Uh, two of your parishioners come here every week and help us out here. I liked it at Christmas, just before Christmas, uh, Joe Dunton's wife, oops, if she's listening to this, Tanya, I didn't mean to rat you out, came up, hey, what about getting towels for everybody? Mm. You know, and Richard hauled a bunch back and they brought a whole bunch back of towels. It's, that, it, that comes right from people. I don't set this, we got to give this up. People just want to do it. You know, every time Richard comes and I'm thinking, oh, God, there's not going to be many people here and we can't give him a very big offer. And he tells me to stuff that. He said, I come here for faith, not for funds. Mm-hmm. But they always do. They always give it. We well, don't, it's amazing because we have several churches like yours that support us. And the beautiful thing is, is we'll be like, Lord, we have this need. We, we got to have this. And all of a sudden, it happens several times from your church and other churches around. They show up with it. Yeah. And you, you know, that's God. There's that spirit connecting all of us yeah. into service. People like to say, oh, well, Seth, you're doing a great job here. Or Pastor Barry, you're doing a great job here. But you know what? I know he will be one of the first to say, and I will be definitely right behind him saying this, we don't do it alone. No. Not just with God. God is, you know, the one who does it all. But we don't do it alone. And if we didn't have the support of churches like Neely's Corner, we couldn't do this. So we just praise God and we lift up his name. We lift up your name in your church and just ask for blessings Mm -hmm. uh, because we're all in this together as a body taking care of the poor. Yeah, I mentioned we quit passing a plate years ago, and the giving went up. When we shut down for a few weeks, somebody said, where's that going to come from? Never missed a beat. The funds of the church kept on working, you know, and it's like, what? Recently, my son was in a very bad accident. 
down in North Carolina. His wife broke her left hand, and the kids were all bruised up from seatbelts. My son, however, broke his femur, has uh, two plates and 13 pins in it, broke his, his left hand, has a couple of rods in that, a fractured a vertebrae that needed expensive amount of titanium to fix it, broke nine other ones, but not so bad, broke his pelvis, ruptured his diaphragm, and his bowels went up into his lungs. He couldn't breathe. Wow. And this happened on a Sunday, and I said, Christy, you want to go down and help them? And then his wife said, can you come? I don't have a dime. I said, yeah, we'll go. So I Put it on my credit card. By the time she boarded the plane on Wednesday morning, people had sent money to take care of that. I got my son was getting checks for people I hadn't seen for years. The people of the church just ended up with cash, some for me, so I could live while she was gone. Two weeks before, I was wondering how I got to pay our bills this month. All of a sudden, not only are our bills paid, but the people of the church just they, they just step up. And sometimes you just don't know where it came from. You'll find an envelope with nobody's name on it, you know. And it's like. My wife was buying the groceries, paying for some of that medicine, buying all the gasoline for a couple of weeks. And my daughter-in-law said, "You let us know, you know, what this is and, and what the tally is when we're done. And, and uh, we'll, we'll ante up. Christy said, there is, there is no tally. You know, God's provided this. And that's, that's a good heart of people. They want to help. You can't outgive God. <laughs> it's no. impossible. No, nope, you can't. Somebody nope. said, give till it hurts. I disagree with that. Give till it feels good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, we have this lady uh, in New York. I'd love to meet her one day. She sends probably two or three boxes full of brand new clothes, mails them, and they'll end up on our doorstep, mailed from New York every single week. Wow. And they're just great clothes. You pop them open, and they're beautiful clothes, and and I've, I've never met her, but I just thank God for her. God yeah. moved her heart, and she's being obedient, and I'm telling you what, he's going to bless her for that. Oh, man. Yeah. This is the reality that just encourages believers, that, that he is real. The tomb is empty. Mm-hmm. And so, as John said in, in, in early in his gospel, he said, we have seen his glory. Yes, he saw it firsthand on, on the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, but we have seen his glory. We, we partake in that, too. And so we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back. And that is such an encouragement, just like your youth group when they came up with those towels. It was, a, yeah. it was, it was like a month ago. And... It was like, what What causes a person to want to do that? It's the reality of Christ alive in somebody that says, just we want, to, we want to be like him and share. And so that's just like, wow, that's just like rocket fuel. And so we, we, we get energized when we see God in at work. And he's at work here too, friends. He really is. So be encouraged. He's real. Yep. We had a while where our youth numbers were down. We didn't have a good youth program. And then Joe and myself got together talking about it. And he said, well, start something Monday night every other Monday. Well, right then Doug and Marie moved back and between the three, they got it every Monday night and Doug and Marie actually are the youth leaders now and Joe helps them and his wife. And so that's another thing that we're really happy to see is the youth group, the youth group growing and it's great. They just right through this, they'll have another uh, winter retreat, three-day retreat at the church this in February. And just well, just please pass on that that act of kindness of them coming up. And I know that's not the only thing they've done, but that that has legs. And, and that so spoke volumes to me and was such an encouragement. So please pass that on that we were so blessed by them coming up and just being moved by the Holy Spirit orchestrating this beautiful thing to help us. And we were so encouraged. And I, I hope they realize that how something so simple mm-hmm. as towels makes people 
People's Day. Yeah, a number of years ago, we had some ladies come, and they were going to the Global Aid Network, which was, was at the time an outreach for Campus Crusade, and they shipped stuff to go all over the world. Well, as part of that, they had something called Feed My Starving Children, and they packed these, they called them manna packs, specially formulated for starving children. So I'm sitting on my stool. I used to teach on the stool. I was sitting up there one day in after church. The ladies came up and said, we just did this. Could we do one here? I said, yeah, sure. Well, we need to raise $30,000. I went, backpedaling real quick in my mind. I said, well, let's bring it before the board. The board said, think that God's in this? Yep. Okay, let's do it. Four years in a row, God raised $30,000 plus to buy the manna pack, to pack them and ship them all over 108 or 9,000 years meals a year. Our church has got 50 or 60 people, but the heart I want to show is this. We showed up the night the, the trailer truck showed up to set up, and there were 60 of our people there. That's what we have. And the person in charge said, wow, where'd you get all these people? So that's our church. They said, we were just in another, another state in a big church, and 10 people showed up. But in favor to that church, they probably had a group of people that was their job. But, but we didn't know any better. And everybody showed, that was the heart. And that's the kind of heart you need. When it, everybody's got a will to work, that Nehemiah thing, people had a will to work. Mm -hmm. And it, it gives you courage. It gives you hope, you know. And that went its wayside. Then we, we got volunteers that work at the Brick Church in Bangor. And I'm just blown away by God's provision in there. The whole, the whole thing about leaning not on your own understanding. Mm. If God puts it on your heart, he's got a way to make it happen. Several years ago, one of our guys that used to attend our church, and then he was going somewhere else because it was more convenient, and it was. Well, he was working on his son's roof, and he fell and broke his back, and he's paralyzed from, like, the midways down. Well, he had a great big outdoor furnace like you guys got here and uh, didn't have any wood for it. He had a wood lot. But he couldn't go cut it anymore. So I just said, can we help? He said, I, I guess. So one of the guys from our church took his skitter down there and yarded out a winter's wood. I had kids, teenagers hauling, stacking wood, had chainsaws. Joe was Joe Dutton, the associate pastor, was down there with the almost bare feet cutting up wood. And he's an animal. His boy's crazy. And in like a day's time, we put a whole winter's wood in, stacked it up and put it in. They had a big feed. Other people fed us. It's that kind of heart that the body of Christ is supposed to be. It's what you guys do here. You know, that's what you've got to have. We've got to realize that church isn't God on Sunday morning. It's Jesus Christ every day walking with us and, and having his heartbeat. And do I always have his heartbeat? No. No. No, I don't. Sometimes I need a spiritual defibrillator. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we got that blood transfusion. That's a good thing. Yes. You know, I know we start to feel about other people and put them be above us. I, I know that you, you guys would go meet people coming back from service. Oh, yeah. At, at BIW, at Bangor International Airport, and just to say, welcome back. We love you. That is one of my privileges. They made it a minute of my ministry, so I don't feel bad if I go in at 12 at night. Right now, we can't because of COVID, but I always thank vets. And I thanked this old Vietnam vet in the store one day and welcomed him home because that's what you do. And he said, why don't you do this at the airport? I said, Tom, I don't know how to connect. He said, boom, gave me his card. I called, and that night, I got my first phone call. At that time, I had to get five flights before you could get a pager. Now, to get on the call list. And I did that in 24 hours. And I, I remember the first time these guys were coming back from Afghanistan and they started coming down the ramp. And this old Vietnam era vet's choking up, man. And then another time I was there one night about two in the morning and these guys started coming down and I looked and there's these four or five college girls, sorority girls came in and they're greeting the troops and welcome home. And I looked at them, I started weeping. They said, what's the matter? I said, it was you kids age. It was groups like you that when I came home, when we came home, were throwing things and spitting at things. And I said, and when I see you here, it just makes me very emotional. But I had many times, well, quite often uh, on the, the picture page, there's a chapter.
chaplains folder, and I got my picture in there with chaplains that are going from all over the place. And boy, there's some men of God and women of God that are going there. I'm sure there's a few of the other kind too, but by and large, the gospel is being sent out with the troops, and I am so glad. Many times I had prayer right there in the airport with them as they headed off, and you, know, you see them coming home, and it's the same guy, but boy, is he tired, mm. <laughs> worn out. But yeah, it's a yeah. great encouragement. I was telling uh, Seth yeah. that one time uh, this young PFC had just got out of his uh, AIT, his training, you know, and he, there he is sitting there in the airport. And I said, thank you for your service, son. He said, well, I ain't done nothing yet. And I said, where'd you find that uniform? He said, well, I got it when I signed up. And I said, young man, in a time of war, you did what less than 1% of Americans do. You've already done the honorable stuff. The rest is just your job. And he picked his head up when he went out, you know. I also ride, have ridden for as many years with the Patriot Guard riders. And I remember Tyler Springman from this area. Um, he went up the ramp. I punched him on the arm. And I said, hey, Springman, I'll be here to meet you when you get back. That was in May. He came back in July. His father, the sergeant, was the, was the escort bringing his body back. And his mother came up to me and grabbed my vest and crying. And she said, you, you meant it, didn't you? I said, ma'am, she said, you said you'd be here. I said, I didn't think it'd be like this. His adoptive father has become real close friends with me and they're very helpful to me. But yeah, it's every, all of life is ministry. All of life is ministry. Every occasion is a chance to say, sometimes verbally, sometimes not, Jesus cares about you. That's why I do. You know, and that's so important. Or like you said, uh, share the gospel and use words when necessary. Right? Yes. Yep. I remember stepping off the plane when we landed back in Bangor, and uh, I was taken by surprise. This little old lady, she barely, barely five feet tall, suddenly wrapped around me, you know, like, and welcome home, welcome home. And I was just, boy, I needed that. Yeah. That made me feel so good. I didn't uh, even know her. <laughs> she no, just, that's all right. Yeah, but she you know? knew you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember for Facebook for a while, it comes around again, pray for the dark horse. Well, that's a third of the 5th Marine Division, and they lost 25 people in their deployment in Sangin. Mm. And I remember one night, there was a plane coming in from Afghanistan. I looked up the ramp, and I said, that's them. I could tell by the looks on their faces. And I was second in the line. I said, hey, we've been waiting for you. The guy looked at me, what? And I said, you're 3-5, aren't you? He said, how did you know? I said, I could tell on your faces. One of them left his cover, his hat, on this podium there. It was still there. It's in the museum now with a pin on it. And about a year later, one of them came back. He said, hey, I remember you. He said, I've been back over there again. He said, I get to go home and tell all the moms and wives that what we did made a difference for a mm. while over there. But So you, you never know who you're going to touch, who you're going to minister. Thank you. Thank you again for your service. Brian Cole, does that name ring a oh, bell with baby. you? Yeah, I've been in touch with him quite often. That's a, a fellow writer. Yeah. And uh, I know he spoke here, and so I know we're, we're changing gears here a That's little right. bit. But there's there's a story there, is there not? Oh, Yay. Yeah. Brother Brian came up and uh, rode his motorcycle, and he got rained on the whole way. He was a Satanist high priest. In fact, he started the Satanist church in his home state, the prison. Mm. God saved him. Because God's can reach into jail really Anywhere. Easy. Yep. I mean, saved him, saved him. He's a pastor now and just doing mighty works. Plus, he gets to speak in the public schools on why not to get involved in drugs and crime and so forth. And it is powerful. Hope to get him back when this has all gone away. So he went on one of his visits to your church yep. uh, and sharing the pulpit there, he came down here and wanted to be part of it. And he oh, shared yeah. his testimony yep. and powerful. Yeah, it is powerful, yeah. And he's one of those guys that's humble enough to realize it's all God because had another one that came out of a major motorcycle club and it was all going gung-ho and he burned out and tail spun and not doing very well right now. So Brian is there. He restored his old life. He's got his wife that, you know, from the past. I mean, God has just uh. been mighty to him. So yeah. Also, the Biker Bible Institute 
chaplain program that I mentioned earlier. I'm going to be invested more in that. I just became a regional director for the chaplains in Maine. In fact, Doug's one of the chaplains. And we're hoping to be more involved in our local area, doing whatever needs to be done when it reaches out. I'm furthering that training in critical incident stress and management and other things. And I also work with an organization called 22 Too Many. It's one of the many. Uh, they, they honor the families of the fallen. And uh, last year in November, one of the families in our church, a young man, young Marine, uh, Blackhawk mechanic, took his own life through a cer- circumstances. And I just happened on the anniversary of that in November to post that on my Facebook page. And the woman that runs 22 Too Many saw that and grabbed it and made a uh, eight by eight and a half by eleven laminated plaque with his picture and information on it, and ran in the Marine Corps Marathon, and sent the T-shirt and the medallion to his mother. You know, and so it's good to be organized with. There's a lot of those that do, and I I'm one of those twits who finds a brother every 22nd of the month and calls him up, say how you doing. So it's important. Yeah, and if uh, our listeners don't know, it's average of 22 veterans uh, per day per day are taking their lives. Yep. You know, I lost four friends that way, and they all had families, and uh, it's heartbreaking. There's an organization that I also work with called Operation Creekside, and Ed McClelland. He and his son sent 35 care packages, and they went to the post office with the last one, and they said, there, I guess that we've done our part. The postmaster said, no, you haven't. He said, this is very needy. Since then, he sent probably 10,000 care packages to deploy troops and veterans. It's amazing. Operation Creekside, look it up. His heartbeat is this. He got a box back, and it was Sergeant Doovy Wolf, and she was killed, and it came back KIA. And he listed on his desk to remind him to keep going. And that was in 2008. Well, 2015, he said, I've had this long enough. He got Patriot from state to state to escort him to North Dakota, delivered it to her parents at her gravesite. Because that's the heartbeat of people that really love Jesus. You know, he's got two, at least two, maybe three now, camps for veterans and their families to come and help with the PTSD. And it's really good. He also works with Johnny and friends, which have camps for veterans. But so I'm privileged to be have my fingers in a lot of things. I don't do anything. I just smile and wave. But uh, maybe oh, a little Pastor, he uses you more than you, would, you, oh. you can imagine. And, and it is true about the care packages. I remember getting some in Iraq, not just from family, but from strangers. Yep. And uh, yeah, it makes a difference. Yep. Mm-hmm. The first time I got one, it just blew me over. I got one It said, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. And the little kids in this classroom had packed it and they had cards. Thank you for what you did. Mm. I didn't do much, but I wrote back to the class and thanked them. Their teacher retired. I still get cards on Veterans Day and Christmas. From no her. kidding. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, really cool. Praise the Lord. Well, just to give you an update, not to get into the details or anything, but uh, I know you were a friend of my son, and yep. I just got a letter from him, and uh, I, I communicate with him regularly, and uh, I know you've prayed for him too as well. And so anyway, he he sent me a, a letter, and it was nice to see from him. He, he said, Reverend Al Tiemann, and so it was, it, that meant <laughs> a lot. Praise the Lord. And so it yeah. was a birthday gift and uh but anyway we do appreciate your uh, all that you do and he was a he was he's still a friend of of uh my son and so thank you for that too it's just been a very moving episode hasn't it i know you you play some music too t- from time to time yeah, and i play at it i play enough to play for our church that was great your wife and you came up and and we d- that was the worship that we had and then you gave brought the message too and so that's that's special so where to now i know the lord has re- restores the years the locusts 
of Eaton, and we're surrounded by, by a cloud of witnesses. What does the future have in store for you, Pastor? I can't look around the corner, but I know the one who's there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. Oh, boy. That's look, it's looking bright. Uh, the young man that's coming on to kind of take over the senior pastorship, and I'll work with him like I do now, um, is motivated to serve God, has a heart to serve God, loves people, and uh, I'm just looking forward to what's going to happen. So We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But, you know, whatever happens, God is in control. Oh, man. And I just praise his holy name, and I hope our listeners can, too. Folks, if you would like to know more about Shelters by Jesus, you could do so by going to www.sheltersbyjesus.com, uh, where you can learn all about us and see what it is. If, if the Lord's leading you to financially donate, we would love that. If he's not, I'm sure he's asking you to pray for us, and we value those prayers as much as we value contributions. So just thank you for that. Uh, as Al's famous as saying, we covet those things, mm-hmm. and I have to absolutely agree with him. If you want to learn more about Shelters by Jesus Radio, you want to hear more of our podcast, you can go to sbjradio.com. We have our archives there as well as our current week's episodes. If you want to give us a phone call, we'd love to hear from you. You can dial 207-474-8833. And if you'd like to write us an old-fashioned letter or perhaps come by for a tour, you can visit us at 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976. But uh, we just want to praise God for you. Thank you for lending us your time. We know time is valuable these days. Really, we do thank you so much, Pastor, for coming and joining us. We're a little bit of a trip to get here uh, from from where you are, and that means a lot to us, and I know our listeners too. So do we have something for our guest here today? Oh, yeah. Other than a pat on the back? Other than a pat on the back. (laughs) That's God's business. Well, syrup. Maine maple syrup. There you go. Well, you and your wife, I hope, can enjoy that. Well, you ain't a real Mainer unless you do. Yes, right. Well, now I was born here, but... My father came from Massachusetts, so they tell me oh. if your cat has kittens in the oven, they eat biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Pastor, for joining us today, yes. and thank you um, a blessing. for yeah, sharing the gospel with us, and uh, it's so good to have sometimes encouraging words. Uh, we do have somebody stepped in as our sound guy. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Uh, for making sure we sound fantastic. It's a lot of work to make me sound so good, and Joe handles it pretty well. Amen. So, uh, Al, thank you for coming. It's good to see you again, thank sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a blessing. This is the day. Let's walk in it. Amen. So God bless you, and uh, we hope you have a good week. Amen. Amen.